Hello and thanks for listening to LockPod. My name's Katie Ringsdor and today I'm joined by Mel Reid. We're talking all things from the evolution of tech that she's seen through the sports herself, but also some of the uh, struggles that she's been seeing through the COVID virus as well. Mel's obviously got some fantastic history to her game. She won the Turkish Airlines Ladies Open in 2010 and also was a member of the 2011 winning Solheim Cup team as well. She also secured herself a spot on the European team as the leader in the LET rankings. Mel, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show today. No, I appreciate you asking me. It'd be great, Mel, if you could kind of give um, people that perhaps don't follow golf, don't follow um, sport as much, to give a bit of background for, for your of your career, really. So when did you kind of first hit a golf ball? Um, yeah, so I started relatively late compared to all the little puppies that are coming through uh, the professional ranks now. But I started around 10 or 11, um, was a footballer before that and basically tried every other sport that I could. And then um, took to golf immediately and fell in love with it, as most people do. And then uh, turned professional, kind of went through the amateur ranks, turned professional um, at 20 years old and have been was in Europe for the first majority, well, majority of my career, really, and then just moved to America um, a couple of years ago as I've been playing over here for the last four or five years. So um, decided to make the move over the pond and become become a Floridian resident. As most golfers are. Love it. Well, it's the best place to play, isn't it? But uh, so I suppose kind of over your career and even as an amateur as well, you will have seen a lot of change in the way in which kind of technology has impacted golf. So, uh, you know, I mean, I remember when I first started playing myself and uh, driving ranges first started getting those electric pop-up tees. And I was just mind blown by the fact that, you know, a golf ball could automatically pop up and I didn't have to break my back bending down to put a golf ball on. But that's me showing my age. But for you, kind of how, how have you kind of seen that evolution of tech and the impact it's had on golf? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's progressed massively in the 20 years I've been playing. And so, you know, these, I've always said this, I think the difference between the best player in the world and the number 100 in the world is actually very, very small. Um, and I think that that has a huge amount to do with technology. Um, like for a perfect example, I've not seen my coach due to, to everything that's going on with COVID and yeah, I'm having a FaceTime lesson with him tomorrow. Like I couldn't do that when I was 18 years old, like there was no such thing. Um, so yeah, I think that it's making, um, you know, from a personal experience in golf, it's making golfers just unturning every stone that they can to get the most out of their talent. And I think that that's kind of going through the whole of sport that these guys and, you know, girls and guys, athletes are just getting so good now. And I think that technology has a huge part to do with that. Yeah, you're right. And you were just saying actually about your your virtual coaching session tomorrow. I mean, what does that look like? Because a lot of it, and and certainly with golf is and excuse my ignorance because I'm nowhere near a professional level, um, but it's all about, you know, making sure your body's in the right positions. So there's a lot of physicality involved. So how's that going to work on a virtual level? Um, it's actually relatively easy because, um, you know, I have, my, I have my own tripod, which I take for most practice sessions anyway, and I'll do like a couple of videos and send to my coach anyway when I'm practicing on my own just so that he can keep an eye that things are, you know, moving in the right direction. And so I'll literally just stick my my uh, tripod up with my phone um obviously facetime him and i'll just stick my earpods in so that or my airpods in so that i can hear him and i'll hit shots and he'll kind of record what i'm doing put it through like one of these data you probably have it's called a v1 where he can do angles and he can do different um sections of the swing he can kind of like um it's separated to whatever we're working on at the time it might be my backswing or it might be through impact or whatever it is and then he can then send that back to me all while he's talking to me so that I can look at this data and say right yeah my hips are slightly this way or that way where it's or wherever it needs to be so 
Um, I probably didn't do a great job of explaining that, but but yeah, it's basically just a lot easier. It's a lot easier to do remote coaching, um, you know, and it's perfect for a situation like this. And I suppose actually for people that perhaps aren't, uh, you know, nearby to coaches that have the level of experience like your coach would have. So I suppose tech kind of offers more of an opportunity to people that are, are wanting that kind of exposure to more, um, I suppose, experts, more talented coaching within the field. Would that be fair? Yeah, and I think that most coaches, majority, even your local PGA coach, um, you know, down your local golf course will have the ability to do this, um, especially during a time like this. But, I mean, all you have to do now is honestly just go on YouTube and type in it's, uh, whatever you're trying to work on, whether it be putting, short game, long game, and there will be a video that will suit you uh, and will be what you're looking for to kind of improve your game. And I think that that's another thing that's had a huge impact is there's so much information out there now on the internet that, it's literally a click of a button of, of whatever information you're trying to get. It's right there, literally at your fingertips. Yeah, it's true, actually. Um, so going back to, obviously, those wonderful days when you actually were able to go out onto a golf course because we weren't in a global pandemic um, and you could uh, play in a game, because obviously I've been out to see you play quite a few times um, in major tournaments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, watching you play on TV is great and it's wonderful because you can kind of see the trajectory of the ball and all that kind of tech that's involved in watching it on television. That's brilliant. But it's not the same as physically being there and kind of watching, you know, live sport. Do you think kind of there's a bit of a risk that you'll see perhaps less fans and people coming out to watching you play golf because it's becoming just so advanced on TV? Um, I mean, I would like to say no. Um, I'm a huge sports fan myself, as you are, and I would always choose live sport over watching on TV. Um, just because TV can give you a little bit of a fault impression of what's going on especially I think in a game like golf where they just literally just show you the good shots they don't show you the there's only a certain amount of tv cameras out on a golf course and there's a roughly between 120 and 156 players out there playing so um there's only a certain a limited amount of shots that these cameras can actually take in so I would always say go to an actual sporting event there's loads of things to do um obviously there's the stands for obviously beverages and food and things like that but there's also lots of activities for kids at a golf tournament um, or at live sporting events in general I just think that there's a lot more to it than just seeing the sport as well um, so I do hope that people don't you know become couch potatoes and take the easy route and just kind of watch it all on TV I think that if you do have an opportunity at any point just to go out and go and watch some live sport because it is a completely different experience oh it is I couldn't agree with you more and obviously you've got loads of experience in other sports as well. As you said earlier, you know, you used to, used to play a lot of football as well. So, and I know VAR is a bit of a controversial subject at the moment. Any views on it? Um, I mean, I think it's good and bad for the game, um, if I'm completely honest. I think, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm torn between it, to be honest. Like, I, I'm a bit old school with football. You know, I do believe that the referee should have the final say and it should be his you know his or her eyes and I think that VAR takes that out a little bit so and relies on on kind of technology more so than a, a referee's instinct so I do you know I miss talking about after the game like oh that was offside but you know the referee didn't give it offside I miss talking about that whereas now there's no grey area is there but you know there's so much money now in football that I think that VAR probably did need to to come into the game for, you know to to get away that grey area, I guess. Yeah, and I think personally for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I appreciate sport. You know how much I love sport, but I, I don't. I'm not a huge football fan. Um, 
And I, I suppose I'm enjoying watching football a little bit more now because it's becoming less about the theatricals and dramatics and more about an yeah. honest game again. Yeah, I mean that's another good. That's a really good point, actually. You know, these players they were. It was getting a bit. You're right. It was getting really theatrical, and players were diving left, right, and centre. Whereas VAR has taken that out a bit slightly. That is what I think is really good for the game. Um, you know, it was just it was it was getting a bit of a pain to watch. Like I'm a huge football fan, and it was getting a pain to watch these big clubs and you know the dives that everywhere. Like I couldn't watch the Spanish league because I was just like, this is. I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy watching. You know, as soon as you know, it's a contact sport and as soon as someone goes near someone, they just fall to the floor. I'm just, I'm, that's just not, I'm not into that. No, nor me, I have to say. So you were saying about some of the tech that you use for your coaching, like your tripod and some of the um, kind of application stuff that your coach is using. Your favourite piece of tech, it doesn't have to be associated with golf. If you had to literally put your finger on your one favourite piece of technology, what would it be? Oh, the iPhone, 100%. I think that it has so many beneficial purposes it connects you with people um it's great for from for me and my sport like from you know providing me data um it's great for me to stay in contact with my team um so yeah i think the iphone for me is is one of the best pieces of technology and i think that from a golf point of view another great piece of technology which i i don't have um is a thing called a trackman which literally gives you every little piece of data that you could ever possibly imagine when you hit a golf ball um which it yeah it tells you the carry the spin rate um like my coach brings it with a with him every time like i get to assess the numbers so i just i'm not allowed one basically but um yeah i mean you have a bunch of girls and a bunch of the guys i mean i would say 70 percent of the girls and the guys have a track man um it's just great for like wedges it tells you exactly how far it's flown um like it uses it with the altitude with the weather like that it all it uses all that to kind of collaborate how far you're hitting it. Um, so that's a pretty cool piece of equipment that I think has been a massive game changer in, in the golfing world. And also, actually, just thinking about, um, you know, watching you play, I've, I always remember asking about your, your notepad, your kind of play card. I don't know what, even what you call it, where you'd go around course the planner. course. You're what, sorry? Course planner. Your course planner, exactly. So you'd go out, you'd kind of figure out the course, figure out the lay of the land and, you know, how you're going to take each shot. So it's kind of your familiarisation with the course, I guess. Do you see that changing or is it going to stay the same, do you reckon? Uh, no, I think it'll stay the same. I think that, you know, back years ago, you know, you had to actually take um, like a measuring um, wheel and you would actually have to measure the golf course. That was kind of like your prep before you played. Yeah, like it was kind of just, it was before my time, but it wasn't that much before my time. Like with the the score, like the course plans when I first started was so basic. It was like the 200, the 150, and the 100 yards to the front of the green. That was it. We didn't know where the pin was or anything. It was kind of, it was actually really cool. Like I still play like that to a certain degree. Now we have um, like lasers that tell us exactly how far the flag is from where we are and how far with the altitude and with the weather, like whether that and with the slope. And it's 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 a really cool piece of equipment as well, but. Like, I like to take that out of it sometimes because I feel like people get too uh, rigid. I think it's probably the best best way to describe it, whereas I think that, that golf, there's a lot of creativity in golf that's been taken away due to technology. Um, it's allowed a lot of not very good players to become very good, if that makes sense. Um, and it's kind of taken away the creativity and and the judgment of golf. But, you know, it makes our lives and our jobs and our caddies jobs a lot easier because these course planners that we have are so um 
they're in so much detail like you know exactly how far you've got exactly where the pin is and exactly what's behind the pin what's in front of the pin and how like you just know every single dimension that is on this golf course that is already written down for you when you get there but it, you know the caddies go out and just make sure the numbers are correct but honestly you could almost go out without practice around that's how good these course planners are nowadays that's mad, isn't it? So just going back to the point you've just made, actually, about, you know, potentially seeing some less talented players coming to the fore because of the kind of regimented approach because of tech. That's a really interesting mm-hmm. point, actually, because I did wonder about that, because I suppose, do you mean by that that they're kind of playing by the exact rules and it's very formulaic and, you know, kind of less sevy, less Laura, you know, it's a little bit more yeah. hit the ball, whack it and go? 100%. 30 years ago, you know, there was a bunch of, I mean, don't get me wrong, Laura and the Sevies are, you know, way more talented than 90% of the people that are out there, don't get me wrong. But there was also a bunch of people that were extremely talented and, you know, created and creative and used their instinct. Whereas now, I feel like everything is, right, this is my shot that I hit 120. This is my shot I hit, you know, this is my swing I hit 125. And it's just very um, rigid. And I do miss like the shaping of shots I think that like technology in the clubs as well has also helped that like a lot of girls don't the high iron a lot of girls use honestly is a six iron and then they use a, a club called a hybrid which I mean I miss like I, I put a three iron in my bag like I just love hitting long irons I think that it's what golf is about like I just I just believe that you should be able to hit long irons and I would say 95% of the girls do not have anything higher than a than honestly than a four iron in their bag or three or five iron and so um probably not 90 percent but certainly like they don't put three irons in their golf bag very rare it's only the top kind of five percent of girls um that can actually hit the ball with a three iron so for me like I miss that I miss you know having that kind of creativity as well so that's where technology I think has hindered golf ever so slightly it's brought a lot more people in that probably wouldn't be if there was no such thing as a hybrid you know yeah no you're absolutely right and I I have to say uh, if if I had a hybrid I'd use it pretty much for (laughs) every fairway shot I could because my game's so bad at the minute but um you know speaking of you know females in golf especially because I know you're very very passionate about that um and certainly you know social media I think is a prime example of you know professional sports people like yourself being able to kind of get very important messages out there around equality and equal pay how have you been using social to kind of get that message across? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like as professional athletes, we have a responsibility to understand that we are on a platform, um, whether it be a small one or a large one. And so I do believe that, you know, you should leave your sport or try and leave your sport in a better place than when you found it. Um, I think that that's, you know, your duty is as being a privileged professional athlete. And so, you know, I've always tried to fight the cause of equality and I'm very aware that equal pay is probably a little bit of a stretch, to be honest. I think just because the men get paid so much, like I believe the men get paid too much. Um, and so like we do make good living as women athletes. Like we're probably one of the top two sports. It's only tennis really that probably earns more money than us and in, in playing professional sports women. But um, the thing that I kind of fight for is respect. Um, I think that it's a responsibility for manufacturers and big brands that, support golf to support golf not just men's golf um and so that's kind of the point that I try and get across is listen if you're gonna you know really promote the five top guys you really need to promote also your five top girls you know don't think that we're any less than they are because 
statistically, you know, our top girls are actually statistically better than the men. Um, from like they don't miss any. Like we've had girls that haven't missed a cut in three or four years. And our world number one, um, she had a lower stroke average than Rory last year. So you know, the girls are good. Yeah, we're really good. Um, and it's just a shame, really, that I do believe that it the needle is moving. Um, but I obviously I'm going to keep being very vocal about it and you know trying to push something that I believe in yeah and I really respect that actually um I really do because you do a lot of work in that field um and it's great to see and it's great to see kind of like the response you get from people as well because I've seen a lot of um male sports professionals uh, you know out there really backing you and supporting you know a lot of the messaging that you've been trying to share which I love um but on social again actually because I think social media is quite key especially in sport and I and I think that it's fair to say that you know, perhaps sports fans now have the opportunity to be able to reach out and actually make contact with you. Whereas perhaps, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been much harder to kind of have that two-way conversation. How do you find that? Because obviously you've been playing professional sport for a long time. So you've been part of that evolution of social. How have you found that? Yeah, I mean, social media, I do believe, um, you know, people only put their best version of themselves on social media. So that's where I'm a little bit against it. I mean, I'm a victim of it as well. I mean, I'm not going to put, you know, maybe I should. I don't know. I'll just see what reaction I'll get. But well, thank you know, I'm just having a really but rubbish day. Waking up, yeah, on a yeah. Saturday morning, hangover, yeah. am I? So um, nobody needs to see that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's great from um, a standpoint that fans can interact with us a lot easier. But I also think that that isn't great at the same time. Like we get some of the messages that we get. You know, it's it's people, it's cowards behind a screen is what I like to say, where they feel like they can say anything to us, which is, you know, certainly not appropriate. And so it does have its pros and cons, but for the majority of it, I think that social media is a huge, um, a huge benefit to, to athletes because they can, you know, interact with their fans and, you know, it changes fans' lives. Um, you know, when, you know, I get a bunch of fans asking me questions and when I reply, like it literally makes their day. So that makes me happy because, that's me get then giving back to the game as well. And again, like I spoke earlier, I believe that that's a huge responsibility for, for us as professional athletes to, to give back. Well, that's it. And I think, you know, a prime example of how social media has worked really well when it comes to kind of like sports fans and certainly with you, because I've seen it firsthand. When I came to see you play, I can't remember which one it was, but when I came to see you play and that little girl, you probably won't remember because loads of people were always queuing up to see you afterwards, but a little girl came over with her dad and she was literally just, she couldn't even speak because she was so excited to meet you. Um, and you got down, you had a big cuddle with her and had a photo with her and the dad had kind of reached out to you on social to say, look, we're going to come up and support you. They followed you around the course. And you had messaged him back saying, oh, make sure you come and see me and I'll, you know, sign a ball for your daughter, blah, blah, blah. And they did. And it just completely made her life. I mean, that just must be ridiculously satisfying for you. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think that one of the messages that kind of my parents, um, you know, instilled into me in, when I was younger was, you know, just be careful how you treat people on the way up. You always meet them on the way back down. And so I've always been... I've almost given too much of my time to, to other people, really. And I probably should be slightly more selfish, but it's just not in me to be like that because I was that little girl once that was begging for autographs, you know, and I know how it feels when somebody says no. And so I've kind of told myself, like, I never want to be that person. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's where, you know, like you, you it's, just a, it's just cool. Like, it's just cool when you have that kind of impact on people. And, you know, I'm a very you know I'm I mean I'm nobody really compared to some of these names and so it's just nice that 
you know, little girls want to come in or little boys and want to come in and get my autograph. I just think that it, you know, it puts all the, the grind and the hard work into into perspective, really. And like, that's really what it's about. Yeah, it's lovely. What's going on with like your physical work at the moment? I'm on a bit of a Peloton train. So, um, yeah, I bought a Peloton literally just before this whole thing, before the whole lockdown kind of happened. So that's, that's actually been one of the best things I've done. Um, so there's a bunch of us on the LPGA and PGA Tour that kind of all ride. And so that's what's kind of getting me competitive every day. And then, um, you know, my trainer, Ken McDonald over here, is giving me some awesome workouts. And you won't believe this, but my golf course actually hasn't been shut. So if I've wanted to go up, I could have gone up. But I've only been going up probably once or twice. Yeah, it's, you know what, though? It's actually been really nice not traveling and, like, sleeping in my own bed for a significant amount of time. And, you know, I've been re- I've been reading and just taking a little bit more care of myself and, you know, spending time with my partner and things like that. So it's actually, it's for me, I've kind of seen the positive. I kind of saw an opportunity on this and said, right, well, we can't change anything. What do I want to get better at? And reading was one of them. And like I said, just being in one place for me is, is quite alien. So it's actually been really nice just to stay put for a while. Yeah, no, fair play. Mel, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. And good luck with everything. And please do keep in touch. And lots of love to the rest of the family and your dad as well. Oh, no, of course, mate. Anytime. Really nice to speak to you again.